Well, just so you know, if I look at you the right way, there's twice as many of you here. <laughs> Russ, I just want to know if I'm on your shut-up list. <laughs> it's good to see everybody out this morning. We're thankful. I'm thankful that Steve was able to fill in for me last Sunday uh, preaching, and uh, it is still hard to uh, see out of this eye. Uh, so uh, we're going with an old familiar sermon uh, that uh, um, uh, worked on. Uh, I couldn't get it off my computer because everything on my computer has been wiped out, and so I had to start from scratch, but it's still up here. And so uh, we're going from there. When I went to the eye doctor after the surgery, the next day they went, I went in so that they could take the bandage off of my eye. And after they took the bandage off and I looked out, I thought, wow, what did you guys do to my eye? And the lady that uh, the uh, technician that was uh, taking the bandage off looked at it, and it was puffy and red, and the eyeballs all bloody. And she said, "Wow, you're going to have to come up with a good story, like you were at a bar, and you got into a big fight, and you can tell them all about that fight." I said, "Well, I'm a preacher." <laughs> I said, and what comes to my mind is what Jesus said about casting the mote out of your own eye, so, or the beam out of your own eye, so you can get that speck out of the other person's eye. I said, now that's what comes to my mind. And so I thought, well, I might as well preach on that subject today because I thought, well, since it's fresh, you might as well deal with it. Because you don't want me trying to get a speck out of your eye right now, and especially last, uh, well, a week ago Friday because I couldn't see anything. In fact, when I went to leave the Reichert's building, I ran into a glass door. That's how well I could see. Uh, but Jesus is telling us something here about our own lives. And many times it's easy to see the speck in someone else's eye, see their sin, and not really notice or pay attention to our own sin. And not notice what we're doing, and we just kind of cover it up. We hide it. We don't want anyone to know about it. We don't want to acknowledge it. We don't want to take care of it the right way. We just want to kind of cover it up. And I think that that's what we do. I talk about a Sunday suit. That Sometimes we put on our Sunday suit and you say, well, I don't because I don't wear a suit, but you put on your Sunday duds. And we come in here sometimes and we just cover it all up. We may have done things that we shouldn't have done during the past week said things that we shouldn't have said, listened to things that we shouldn't have listened to, gone places that maybe we shouldn't have gone to, and then we come in on Sunday morning with our Sunday duds on, and everything's fine. Nobody knows. We've covered it up, and we've kept it hid. I want to look at some people this morning in the Bible that kind of put on their Sunday suit. Now, I know they were in the Old Testament, so they had probably a Sabbath suit. But we're going to look at it metaphorically, uh, that it's a, a Sunday suit is what we're going to call it. The first one I want to look at is David. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, we find there that David should have been going out to battle. There was a time where kings went out to battle. But David stayed home, and as he walked on the roof, he saw Bathsheba over on another roof, and she was a very beautiful person. 
And we can see from David uh, the reaction that he looked at her, he lusted after her, and he sent for her, and she came to where he was at, and you know the rest of the story. Word came back to David after he had sent her home that she was with child. David tried to cover that sin up. He tried to hide it. Now there's something about sin that sometimes we just can't hide it. People know about it. And I would imagine that in David's case, there were people that were suspicious. But he thought that he could hide it. And so he called for Uriah to be sent back home. That was Bathsheba's husband from the battlefield. And he had the idea that he would have Uriah go home and spend a night with Bathsheba and everything would be covered up and, and everything would be well. Well, as you know, Uriah was an honorable person. And he wouldn't go home while his fellow soldiers were out on the battlefield. And so David sent a message with Uriah to Joab to put Uriah in the heat of the battle and then withdraw from him. And thus, he would be killed in battle. And that's exactly what happened. So not only did David lust, not only did he desire and take Bathsheba and commit adultery with her, but he also had her husband murdered. And in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 21, it says, "And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son." Here we find that there was that period of mourning. You know, the husband's died, he's been killed in battle. So obviously there should be that period of mourning because that's what's happened. And so when that time's passed, David sins for her and she becomes his wife and she bears him a child. He put on his Sunday suit. All was well. The evil deed had been covered up. The sin was, well, no one knew about it. And it all looked legit. But the rest of that verse tells us something. It says, But the thing that David had done despised, or done displeased the Lord. You see, David hadn't hidden what he had done from God. He may have hid, hid it from all of his servants and all of the people that were around him, all of his family. Others may not have known anything about what had taken place, even though I have doubts that people wouldn't have known. But God knew. And you see, there's times in our lives where we think that we've got it all covered up. Nobody knows about it. Nobody at church knows. Oh, the preacher doesn't know. But God knows. Because in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 17, it says, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, but man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You see, God sees the inside. Oh, we may put on our Sunday suit, we may cover it up, we may look good, we may look holy, we may look righteous, we may look everything that we're supposed to look. But God knows what's on the inside. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, it says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, 
And he came unto him, and he said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. And it did eat his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler into the rich man, and he spared to take his own flocks and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him. But took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that had come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold before he did this thing because he had no pity. David had on his Sunday suit, didn't he? Everything was covered up. Nobody knew about it. And then Nathan said, Thou art the man. How many of us can come to church and look at everybody else and we see what's wrong with them? We see what's wrong with their attitude. We see what's wrong with their actions. But we don't look in the mirror and see ourselves. We don't see our own sin. We don't see what we've done. David may have thought that everything was fine and dandy. Like us, he may have put on his Sunday clothes and said, you know, nobody knows what I did. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. You see, God knows. And He tells us that our sins will find us out. Oh, they may find us out in this life, and if we survive this life and without people finding out about our sin, then eventually God's going to judge us. Our Lord's going to judge us. And we're going to answer for that sin. You see, this is one of those sermons that don't look at your neighbor and say, yeah, they needed to hear that. Don't look at your your spouse. Or anyone else, look at yourself and say, Am I David? Another example, if you would turn to Luke chapter 18. In Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 9, Jesus spake this parable. It says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves and that were not right and that were that they were righteous and despised others. It says, Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank Thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week and I give tithes of all that I possess. Let's stop right there for a moment. Here's a man who I would say had on his Sunday duds. He had on his Sunday suit. Look at me. Look how good I am. Look what I do. Don't look over there. Look at me. He saw all the good things that he did, but his self-righteousness blinded him to his own sin 
in his heart. He thought that he was better than the publican. He had the outside looking good. You see, sometimes that's what we concern ourselves with is what others think. We don't think about what God thinks. Which is really the most important of it all. What does God think? How many of us are the same way? Look what I do. Look how I live. Look what I've given up. Look how I have made sacrifices. Look how I help others. You, those people over there, they don't do anything. You think we're much better than brother or sister so-and-so? We're better than those people over there. But what did the Lord say about that person? You see, sometimes we talk about people, gossip, tear them down. We come to church, we shake their hand, we hug them, we love them. But on Monday, we'll be back on that old internet saying what we want to say about somebody. We gripe, we murmur, all the things that the Bible says we shouldn't do, we do them. But look at that person over there. They're bad, they're awful. They're sinners. What did the Lord say? Beginning at verse 13, And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You see, brethren, it's easy to see the sins of others and be blind to our own. Because sometimes we try to justify our own sin. Well, you know, I'm just the way I am. I've heard people say, well, you know, that's just the way I was raised. Well, if that's the way you was raised, you need to change. If it violates what God says. I can't help it. You know, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. I mean, don't worry about things, but yet, oh, that's just human nature. I think it's a lack of trust in God. And so we justify our sin, but we condemn someone else. Now turn over to Matthew chapter 23. You see, we see two individuals that had their Sunday suit on. And we're going to look at some individuals who had their Sunday suit on all the time. They wore their Sunday suit all every day. Sort of like Ward Cleaver and June Cleaver, always dressed up. They always had the right stuff on. They're doing the right thing. They thought that they were better than everyone else. They were more righteous. They were more godly. They were more holy. They were more everything that God wants you to be compared to everyone else. And really, when you think about it, that's probably the problem that we have. And when we compare our life to Christ, I think that every single one of us can find something that we can improve on. But when we compare ourselves to each other, it's very easy to say, well, I'm better than that person. I'm doing more than they are. 
in the parable that Jesus told of the talents, what if the one that received five and the one that received two and the one that received one had that attitude? Well, I'm doing more than that one. That wasn't the point, was it? Well, let's look at some of these uh, things that Jesus said. To these individuals who thought they were better than everyone else, notice what He says. Beginning in verse 1, Then spake Jesus to the multitude of His disciples and to His disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you to bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. They say and they do not. Jesus didn't say ignore it, what they're saying. He's saying they're saying the right things. They're just not doing it. And how many of us fall into that category ourselves? We know what the Bible teaches. We tell others that that's what you need to be doing, but yet we don't do it ourselves. And then down in verse 11, it says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. What's he saying? We're servants. Now these Pharisees and the, and the scribes that Jesus is talking about, they didn't have that attitude. And sometimes as Christians, we don't have that attitude. that we don't, We're not servants. Let somebody else do that. But we're servants. We're supposed to be servants. And servants serve. Who are we serving? We're serving our Lord. And then down to verse 13, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, ye hypocrites. Verse 14, what's he say? But woe unto you, scribes and scribes, Pharisees and hypocrites. Verse 16, woe unto you, ye blind guides. Verse 23, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithes of men, anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the others undone. In other words, they were they were busy making sure. They sacrificed the minute things, but they ignored the important things. Jesus didn't say, don't, don't do those little things. But He says, do the other things too. Do the big stuff. Don't ignore that. Don't put an emphasis on the little things and ignore the big things. And I'd venture to say that He would say, don't put the emphasis on the big things and ignore the little things. That's what He's saying in that verse. That we need to do everything that we're supposed to do. Verse 24, ye blind guides, with strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Verse 25, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye can ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Ever, have you ever gone somewhere, maybe at a restaurant? Maybe it's someone's house. Maybe your own house. You got something to drink and poured it into a glass. And you took that big swig and you looked down in the bottom of it and it was caked with, with milk. Or caked with something else. Sometimes you may not even be sure what it is. What's the first thing you want to do? Oh, I'll drink the rest of it. No, usually we want to get rid of it. 
We want to make sure the inside's clean and the outside's clean before we use that glass or that plate to drink out of or eat out of. Well, if we're concerned about the outside when we put on our Sunday suit, shouldn't we also be concerned about the inside? Now listen to how Jesus describes their Sunday suit. Verse 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whitest sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Oh, they've got on their Sunday suit. But Jesus says that it's like a whited sepulcher. Beautiful on the outside, but on the inside full of dead men's bones. That's Jesus' picture of their Sunday duds. And these same people condemn Jesus for eating with publicans and sinners. They called Him a glutton and a wine-bibber. And you might remember the Pharisee that Jesus went to His house. Then a woman came in and was washing His feet. And Simon, who was the Pharisee, said, oh, he thought within himself, if Jesus would have known who she was and what manner of person she was, He wouldn't have let her touch him. People today get really good at convincing themselves <clears throat> that everything in their life is okay. They become very good at hiding their hearts or their hurts, hiding their heartaches, hiding the pain, and covering up the sin. Because sometimes sin causes pain. It causes heartache. It causes distress in our lives, but yet, instead of taking care of it the right way, we try to cover it up and hide it. Don't let anyone know. The things that are on the inside, the places and things that man cannot see, God does. And that's what we need to realize. Man sees what's on the inside. Today I want to use myself as an example. I get up every Sunday morning early and take a shower. I want to make sure that my socks match and my shirt matches and the tie matches and the suit matches and that you know every little hair on my head's in that perfect place. Now I'm not going to ask your opinion of what I look like. And today was no different. I want to make sure that everything that you see is okay. But if we're not careful, we can get caught up on the outward and forget about the inward. And that's really what's important. You see, like I said, when I get up, I want to make sure that everything matches. And today, you don't know it, but my socks don't match. I got a blue sock on and a faded black sock on. And here's something else that you don't realize, and that is that this foot has a big hole in the side. 
And let me just say this. I know that that hole's there every time I take a step. Because it kind of like sweats and gets stuck on the inside as you walk. So what do I do? I put on my shoe and you don't see it. We cover it up. There's something else you don't know. I went around with shaking hands and saying hi to people, but I got on a raggedy tie that you don't see. And sometimes we look at those things and we say, well, I hid it from you. You didn't know my sock was like that. You didn't know my tie was like that. But God knows it. And He knows what's going on in your life. And I had to be careful with this tie this morning because I couldn't unbutton my coat because you would have seen this raggedy looking tie. And as far as you knew, I was okay. Maybe now is a good time to ask, is there anyone here today that's having a hard time hiding their sin? Oh, when you take a step, you may know it. Just like with a sock, I can feel it in my shoe that I don't have a sock on my toe. You know, we feel the pain. Oh, we may sit here. Sometimes we hear a sermon and uh, it sounds like he's talking right to me. But we go on. We cover it up. We don't take care of it. A lot of folks work extremely hard to hide their sin. Or even worse, they're trying to cover it up. And I ask you, what are you trying to hide? Because you're not successful. Oh, we may not know it, but God knows it. And so I'm going to take off my shirt or my coat too. That's as far as I'm going. But you didn't see this raggedy old shirt either. And one thing that I've noticed about when I make one of these shirts, I've made a couple of them because I've used this illustration before, is that I try to go out and I try to get grass stains on it and, and I've even wrapped it around the uh, lawnmower uh, oil uh, filter to try to get oil on it. And then I tell my wife, could you wash that so it just looks oily but so it doesn't get on my suit coat? And what I found is that when you take that and you put it in the washer, it gets cleaned up pretty quick. It's covered up. Dirt gets washed away. Some of these stains are walnut stains now, so they don't come off that easy. But my point is this, that I can walk around with all these stains on, or I can put it in the washing machine and get it taken care of. And I found out that the sooner you put it in, the easier it is for that stain to be washed away. And the same is true with our sin. The longer we hang on to it, the harder it is to overcome. And the sooner that we let the blood of Christ take care of that sin, the better off we're going to be. But what do we do? Instead of taking care of it with the blood of Christ, what do we do? 
Well, nobody knows. No one will ever see it. No one will ever hear about it. And so we look pretty good, don't we? That's what we do with our sin. We cover it up ourselves. But you saw what God saw all day. When I came in here, He knew what I had on. I didn't hide it from Him. You didn't know, but God knew. And it's not hid anymore. I preached this sermon, a similar sermon to this, at Stockbridge. And I've been known as the dirty shirt preacher ever since. And that brings me to another point. And that sometimes we're afraid to confess our sin. Because that sin will become us. Oh, you're that's the person that they did. That they went there. Oh. They said that. Oh. Well, they're the gossipers. Oh, they think evil thoughts. They look at stuff they shouldn't look at. And so we put on our suit coats. And like David, like the Pharisees, we hide it. The fact of the matter is God knows it. Today I don't want to stress what's on the outside. I want to encourage you to let God do something about what's on the inside. And the only way to have your sin taken away is through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we obey the Gospel, we go down in that watery grave of baptism. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. When we go down in that water, we come up out of that water. But in that simple act of obedience, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses our soul. And when I go home this afternoon, you think I'm going to leave this shirt on? You think I'm going to keep this sock on? You think I'm going to have this tie on when we come back tonight? No, I'm going to change. But you know what? When my wife was driving me over here today, I was thinking, wow, what if we get in a car accident? <laughs> What are those rescue people going to think about us? When they take my coat off, and they see my tie, and they see my sock, and they see my shirt. What really matters is that I would be hurt. And that's what sin does to us. It hurts us. And we need to let God take care of that sin. doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. doesn't matter what they say. doesn't matter how they react. What matters is being right with God. And that blood that cleanses us before we're a Christian, when we become a Christian, it cleanses us. That blood will continue to cleanse us as a child of His. So you may say, I'm okay, I'm alright, everything's fine, but deep down in your heart, you know you're not. And you know that you need to do something about it. You know and God knows. 
And that Sunday suit won't hide your sin from God. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse your sin. And so this morning, if you need to respond to the invitation, you can come and have a seat up here on the front row while together we stand and sing.